Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I am a super chub, and I come with your choice of fries, house-made potato chips, or side salad. Um, <laughs> or you can upgrade to a premium side for $2 more. Oh, is a... Uh, <laughs> I recommend Trevor extra- with the upgrade. <laughs> is he- <laughs> I, Trevor I hear the premium the sides are extra delicious. Well, he comes with, see? <laughs> Uh, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and uh, I I don't come with any extra sides, but I am I am the whole damn meal unto itself. So you kind of get everything with me. <laughs> my name is Don. I am a big chubby guy living here in Hollywood, and I come with a complimentary wine list from which you can have a fine pairing with me. Oh goodness! What is the what is the waiter's recommended choice or the the connoisseur? Well, I'm sweet enough, so you want something dry. Mm. Ah, mm. now do i go now mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my name is dan oliverio i am a chubby chaser author public speaker and um i am i'm i don't come with anything because i've been told i'm a whole snack ha- has anyone noticed here that both of the chubs come with sides and the chasers do not i think that's pretty <laughs> is there something is there something to that <laughs> i think we just kind of come that's is as is. <laughs> See what you get. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Yeah, I'm uh, so glad you're going to spend the next hour with us. We've got all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Remember restaurants? <laughs> oh, restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Those were such a lovely thing. For the, Those, the, what once again, the listener, sentient cockroaches listening in the future, <laughs> restaurants were places people went to go have food together. Socially. Yeah. What a quaint idea. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lunch meeting today at a restaurant where I ate uh, outside. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It was pretty empty. There was like other people at other tables that you could see, but nowhere near you. No, Not close enough for anyone to overhear what you're saying, so probably safe. But I got to say, sitting at a table with another human being, having food in front of me and realizing I have to take my mask off right now. That's right. Mm-hmm. I was so I, filled <laughs> with anxiety. And taking that mask down, it felt like I was stripping naked in front of someone for the first time ever. (laughs) Like I felt so exposed and naked. There's no other word for it. I felt naked without the mask. Well, you know, Don, when you show another man your lips, it's all over. The mask is the pants for the face. I I mean, I get lots of compliments (laughs) on my lips. It's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I am excited to talk about some of this pop culture stuff that uh, Trevor yes. sent out. We've got I some love things. both of these items you sent. I don't understand them, so you guys can explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so the internet. Oh, Grampy Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Where, what's happening on the interweb? I don't really understand that. Well, it's this series of tubes. Wait, let, let me let me turn down my Victrola so I can hear you. <laughs> um, so the first little thing I kind of stumbled across um, I don't know, this this week on the internet um, was there's an artist, um, Michael Herrera, who I followed for a while. Um, I don't know what capacity he works um, for Disney. I know he was a storyboard artist on um, the second Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, But he has been doing a series of uh, fashion studies, character design studies, um, with the intent of challenging animation to create fat characters that can be quote protagonists with cool outfits and personalities that aren't limited to nerd jock villain buffoon and comic relief tropes you know like real people mm-hmm. um uh and they're really like i mean just as looking at his animation style or his art style i really appreciate what he's doing because they all have lots of character you can kind of yeah. get a sense of who they are just by looking at this one image of them but i also appreciate i mean it's like what we talked about last week and a lot of times we've said this just wanting to see more representation that isn't you know a cliche or a trope um it's yeah it's really cool to see him doing that and i hope that it gets a little he's got what is he he's paper tiki on instagram yes um he's got a handful of followers so i'm hoping that picks up steam well i gotta say like it's worth taking a look at these pictures because just imagine what these might be in movies from disney like None of these look like st- like negative stereotypes. None of them look like they're like aggressively making these characters too heroic or unrealistic. They all look like real people. Mm-hmm. They're actually racially diverse too, without like reaching for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one sort of Asian-looking character here that has a full beard on his face that I 
I've never seen that character in a Disney movie. I would love to. Mm-hmm. I got to say, what I, I, when I was confused by the, you're not allowed to have types, they have to be real people, but so much of animation and comedy works on type. Uh, there's a whole thing called Commedia dell'arte, which is only about type. And so I was a little confused, like, what do you, so you, so fat people aren't allowed to be the jock because he was calling for something besides that? Because I've never seen a fat guy as a jock. And so I mean, that's, that's what it, was puzzling the, me. Like the fat yes. jock bully. The fat or jock the, bully. Like, oh, the, the okay. jock always has a fat guy that hangs around with him and he is always, yeah, he's, he's always dumb and a bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay, so like in the Harry Potter series, the the guy, the the, the Crab big, and Doyle, yeah. Grab, Crab and Doyle, who sort of flank mouth. Doyle. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say, looking at these pictures, it's like wow, these these don't look like types. They look like real people, mm-hmm. but they're cartoons and they're fat. I love it. But they have character to them. Like each of mm-hmm. them, like I get a personality from them. Yeah, they don't seem like uh, just random like exercises. Like that they're they're capturing someone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're not done with Disney and in, the pop. In culture. other no. Disney news, Disney yeah. is delivering this week. Maybe they listen to our uh, Disney mm-hmm. Princess episode and are like, you know what? Here you go, people. <laughs> Here's a little, you know, those guys a little are right. Of, uh, a little doubt of fat uh, goodness. There is a cover of Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious well by Netta. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about on the show recently. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. multiple things. Yeah, uh, it's so many things. So, yeah. I'm waiting wait uh, Disney Princess and the Pea. And I gotta pea. say, I like it. Because I was afraid to speak when I was just alive. My brother gave my nose a tweak and told me I was bad. But then one day I learned a word that saved my echo nose. The biggest word I've ever learned. And this is how it goes. Yeah, super califragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the shine of it is something quite atrocious. You shit loud enough, you gotta go precocious. Super califragilisticexpialidocious. Delightful. <laughs> um, and it's uh, maybe you just said this. It's the official Disney Music Channel. Like it is. Yes. It yeah. is Disney themselves who shared it. It's, which is oh, I, they even I have a little that. branding thing down at the lower right corner saying Disney sings. So it's probably mm-hmm. for something for kids. Okay. See you again. Yeah. Thanks for explaining. Well, cool. I uh, I wanted to do a uh, a mailbag because we haven't done one this season yet. Uh, well, not really. We kind of did a. Like a faux. Yeah, buy more stamps. Save the- it's still not working. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we've play had a- the music for you, Michael. Oh, thank you. Um, so we had a listener write in, and I think this was a little while ago. So sorry for taking so long to get to this. Uh, they asked. What do you look for in an online profile? Uh, is it strictly about the pictures of the person or do you look for other things too? Um, and that said, just looking for advice on I, probably how to, I guess, optimize their their dating profile. And like, is it just about the photo? I mean, that thumbnail, like scrolling through thumbnails of headshots and stuff. Um, what do you do when somebody actually clicks on your profile? It's a great question. This is like my business. Like I consult with people on <laughs> what to put on their dating profile. So you've come to the right people. Yeah. Almost. yeah. Damn. Um, mostly. I, I have to a long and detailed answer. Mine. Jesus. I have a long and detailed answer to this, but so I should probably go last or something. Okay. Well, for me, uh, and this is probably very obvious, but just having a, and when I say a decent picture, it do, you don't have to go get a professional headshot. I just mean a picture where I can see your face, like there's light on your face. And that you're in the middle of something that you're enjoying so that there's like a genuine smile or just something to kind of give me a sense of your personality. Um, It doesn't have to encompass everything you are, but just that's what I would look for if I was looking to date somebody as opposed to like hookups or whatever. I mean, the the picture thing is huge and I am continually shocked by (laughs) the pictures people choose to put up of themselves. Oh, yeah. Like... uh, this like and like i i wonder like okay they don't care or like is this really the best picture like this I, picture yeah, that I, looks like it would be on the news for like <laughs> i don't know neighbors thought he was very or, normal like, and were yeah. very surprised by his actions <laughs> well i think in a lot of cases there's there's a lot of people out there with chips on their shoulders and the picture reflects that the idea of like i dare you to click on me i dare you i'm a, i, have I make really... assumptions about you based on your picture Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and it's yeah. not about your looks, right? So it's like, okay, this person doesn't know how to take a picture horizontal to his face. He's doing it from beneath. So he looks like a monster. 
uh, or like with bottom light. So he really looks like he wants to kill me. Um, or he doesn't have a head, which means we're probably never going to go out in public because you, you're embarrassed to show your face in here. Or he That's doesn't have a head. One. Yeah. Or doesn't have maybe Don. And I'm not going to exclude anyone be because of disabilities. Judgy. But let's face it. <laughs> as gay men, head is very important to all of us. Indeed. But, um, so I have a really if if the picture is the is the problem area because there's two halves of this question but I have a really easy tip for taking a good picture of yourself uh, especially if you only have a, a selfie uh, instead of like a friend taking the picture for you which I think is preferable um, go if you have windows if you have some nice windows in your place go stand in front of one of those windows when it's sunny out um, so that you're facing out the window hold your phone up at least at eye level, like straight out, or maybe even above eye level, just a little bit, and uh, take the picture, take the selfie that way. And at worst, you will be well lit. You know, if, if everything else about the photo is terrible, at least you will be well lit. And yeah, that's great. Brush your I, hair. Yeah. I think one of, the, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people making is they're trying to they don't think about who's responding and they don't think about how they're coming across. Mm -hmm. For example, this, this very often people write to me and they say like, I can't understand why I'm only getting, you know, uh, anonymous people who want a good fuck. And I said, well, it could have to do with the fact that all your pictures are of your anus. <laughs> oh Jesus. And people, people don't realize that when you showcase body parts, you are welcoming people to relate to you as a series of body parts. Yeah. And I, or for example, you can tell, uh, there are some people who do only face pics, like lots of, and they're very handsome and they're great face pics, but something, if you're on a chub chaser dating site, a chaser wants to see, well, what are you built like? What's what about the rest of you? Mm -hmm. And while your height and your weight may reflect some of that people want to know, like, and, and so I'm, and, and people then think, oh, well, I'm not going to take a nude. I'm like, I didn't say a nude. Anything that you have on your Facebook page that includes more than your head is probably mm -hmm. going to be just fine for a dating site, too, is like a casual shot. Yeah. And the more you show of your personality, the more you're going to showcase, the more you're going to bring people who want to date you as opposed to just fuck you. Will the people yeah. who fuck you won't show up to? Yes, they will. <laughs> but it, it won't be only them. So things that show you in a social context, I'm not saying, you know, put your sister and cousin in there, but you know, you can blur their faces out, but things that show you, uh, at the beach, things that show you at the park, things that show you at the birthday party where yeah. you're, you know, what is your life like? What is it like to date you? What is it like to interact with you? Yeah. Things like that. If you've put your room together in a way that you're like proud of, like if you like, I'm, I just finished putting my room together this year and I'm really, really proud of it. So I would take a picture with the things that I really like in the background of the picture. So you can see, you see me, but you also see the context of me. Like, what am I into? Or at least a vague idea of that. Um, and I would, it, it would then be accurate when you talk to me to make assumptions about those things because I chose to put them in my picture with me. And that's a really great way to say it, Michael, the context of you, because that's, that's really what we, we want to get. And then as far as the text is concerned, a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know, I, I hate filling out these things or email me for details. I would recommend putting something in there that people can either ask about or comment on that you would welcome. So, mm -hmm. and, and that also goes for how to reply to somebody. If you're trying to get somebody's attention, hi is not the best attention getter. So give, give people something to say like, oh, I, I, I live in Austin or I lived in Austin or, oh, I enjoy that bar on 6th Street or give something, give people something to have a conversation about so you're mm -hmm. not starting from hi, you're hot. I would I would follow that up with um, I mean I think there's a such thing as writing too little and I think there's a such thing as writing too much oh, yes. on a oh, profile. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like no matter how interesting you are, I'm not going to read your whole like ten page biography. However, I my for me like if I were reading somebody's profile, I would look for like a few like two or three really specific things that you put on there like here's a quote that I like, or here's my favorite book series and why, or something really specific where, cause everyone can say like, you know, I love movies. I love, yeah, eating I, out, love I love Netflix and this. pizza and tacos. Yeah. Like the, like, yes. Okay. But everyone does <laughs> like, and that doesn't really help you when you're trying to narrow down, like what we can actually start a conversation over. I mean, maybe like, you know, what kind of movies do you like? But again, you can ask anybody that question and they'll have an opinion on the answer. So 
I think having a couple specifics on there that, yeah, maybe you'll weed out a couple of people who aren't into those things, but like you weren't going to get very far with them anyway, right? Right, if like, they're really important to you. Because I, I think you're completely right, Michael. Saying I like movies is not nearly as, as incisive and informational as I like Harry Potter or I like the third Harry Potter. <laughs> right, right. I, I would say um, a big thing that I see a lot is like, don't put, do not contact me if like, oh, God, or, like I know oh, liars yeah. or cheat. Like a liar and cheater is not going to be like, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, they said no liars and cheaters. So Damn, now I, my chance is gone. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. I guess I won't mess with this person. If I get a yeah. sense of negativity from your profile, I'm probably not going to respond. And Absolutely. negativity means, you know, if you're like this, don't do this or don't don't talk to me. That's mm-hmm. negative right off the bat. And that's part of the thing that defines you then. Because that's yeah. what I do when I read these things. One, if you don't have any words in your profile, my assumption is that you're looking for sex because yeah. personality is not a factor to you, right? The second thing I do is I look at what you wrote and I use that to project what's important to you, right? So if you tell me where you're from, I think that you have some sort of roots where you're from. You, you're proud of the culture that, you, that you've inherited. If you tell me your job, your, your, the job in your profile, I know your job's important to you, you know, and- all of those things that you offer up to me, that's code to me telling me what you are going to be interested in knowing too. And my, I would just to wrap this up, I guess my advice, just to reiterate what I said about the, the bio, I would apply this to pictures too. Like be um, picky about the ones that you put out there make sure that you, you have, like, I would rather see like two awesome photos of you as opposed to 30 mediocre or darkly lit ones where I can barely tell what the hell's going on or, um, or six photographs of your belly or yeah, or yeah, exactly. So I would, I would like to see, like the ideal profile to me would be like, you know, a, a short paragraph about yourself that includes really specific details of things that you're interested in and care a lot about. And like three excellent photos where the first one, your profile picture is a really nice smiling headshot. And then Another one that maybe shows a little bit more of yourself in context. Um, Definitely. I think it's not too much to try and take on because a lot of people will be intimidated by like an overload. But like Don said, if it's if there's nothing else there besides like a belly shot or 30 belly shots, <laughs> um, it's also hard to wrap your head or it's hard to latch onto that, too. Yeah. You're answering the question. What do you want to be known for? What do you want people to get? Wow, this was a this was a letter that we could have made a full episode out of, but I think yeah. it, it maybe <laughs> maybe we should. <laughs> I think we I think we might need to move on to Lizzo Watch though, or we're going to run out of time. Yeah, oh my God. yeah, let's <sighs> let's do it. Okay. We, we've got all kinds it's of Lizzo Watch twenty twenty. It's still twenty twenty. <laughs> I keep thinking that it's going to be not twenty twenty anymore. Anyway, twenty nineteen. What? what? No, I was just making a dumb joke. Oh, I didn't. I hear. thought you were going to keep talking. Usually people talk over me when I make jokes and then nobody has to like hear that it was a bad joke. <laughs> Ingenious strategy, Michael. Oh, I know. <laughs> I just talk well, and entertain myself and then... <laughs> so it's it's still 2020, which means, you know, things are still kind of terrible, which includes the, the revelation that Lizzo was supposed to be in the wet-ass pussy video, but they were mm-hmm. filming while she was out of town uh, on her vacation, as we mentioned in an earlier episode. Oh. Which it just makes it so hard knowing what we could have had. <laughs> There's so many things that were ripped what away could from have us been. <laughs> this year. Uh, I mean, but we're losing imagine. a sizable amount of the the Taco Bell menu. Um, oh, movies have been delayed. Lizzo was not in the wet ass pussy music video. I mean, just a <laughs> hundred years from now, these would be the tragedies yes. of 2020. The these yes exactly well you know what we should be so lucky yeah I mean there are other things that have not happened yet in 2020 that I'm still very worried about. <laughs> I actually uh, I realized we're gonna have to record an episode before the election. Don't say not it. Knowing Don't how it's gonna go, her. and it's gonna oh, be wow. the day after the election that the episode comes out. What, we're not going to do the big fat gay election news coverage episode oh. where we just live stream our reactions as things happen? I mean, well, in all fairness, I don't think we'll know the day after. For months. For no. months, we won't know. And then uh, we'll be contested for months after that. But we do know that Lizzo was not in the wet ass pussy music video, which is a tragedy. <laughs> 
but you know, God, God taketh away with one hand and deliver with another. Um, Lizzo posted a video of her in this amazing top where it's like, it's fishnet, it's sheer, it's sequins. Sparkly. Uh, yeah. And it looks like she's topless and she has a lot of fun kind of revealing that she's actually not um, topless. Since we got delayed, there actually was something else I wanted to include where um, Lizzo was at the beach twerking. And then <laughs> well, I had to watch was. the video several times to find out that she, like, she's twerking and then she starts freaking out and running away because I think a bee landed on her butt while she was twerking. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like it was still on her and she's oh, yeah, it, it off. Um, <laughs> no, she what you don't know is that she was trying to fight the bee off with her butt. Yes, and that's, that's how bees do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we have an interesting topic picked out for today yes. for our main subject. Shall we? This is so weird. It's so weird. I yeah. Um, a listener sent in a couple of these things, which we've sort of stitched together. It is a strange it, it goes. It's, it's a very twisty, turny article in, on CNN travel uh, that a listener sent in. A couple of weeks ago, I think um, the headline is restaurant mm-hmm. restaurant chain in China apologizes for weighing diners to determine how much food they should eat. Um, <laughs> so, which is, which is even the even the headline is not quite accurate, but okay. not really. Yeah. So I guess a couple things to note here. One, they were not apparently were not forcing anyone to do that, to eat there. Um, you could you could just walk in and eat there normally. Um, it was sort of an opt-in thing. And two, it was supposedly related to um, like reducing food waste. Um, so like it's still kind of a misguided thing, but basically like, oh, you're this size, therefore this is how much you need to eat and you'll eat that much without wasting anything. Well, this was what I couldn't understand. So the deal is if you decide to get weighed or if you volunteer your weight plus some other personal information, they will use this to make menu recommendations. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're a man above a certain weight, they recommend the pork belly. But if you're a woman below a certain weight, they recommend the fish heads and the steak. The and, steak, uh, yeah. And, and, and so I think it's about, I th- and then they say this is all about uh, uh, controlling waste. And I'm trying to put that all together. And as near as I can tell, I think what they're thinking is that if you're a big person and you're going to eat a lot, we want to make sure that you eat the cheap stuff. <laughs> wow. I, I think that because that's the only way, given the examples and given that they're not the price doesn't change. There's there's no pricing here. This is just about menu recommendations. Yeah. You're still free to eat whatever you want. So that's the only way I've been able to put it together unless somebody has a better idea. I, I'm glad to hear they were recommending pork belly, though, because my assumption was like, Don, welcome to our restaurant. According to your weight, we think we recommend the large plate with a small sprig of parsley on it. <laughs> you know, like, right. And, uh, and it's $40 yeah. <laughs> to drink air (laughs) well i I think the idea is like if you're a big person and they anticipate that you're going to eat a lot they don't want you eating two pounds of salmon they want you eating two pounds of pork belly right Mm -hmm. which it's so it's it doesn't appear to be as bad as you might think while reading the headline that said Um, like but we got better than that (laughs) yeah oh yeah so that's just the starting point everybody when, when i saw this i was reminded of i at some point in Wisconsin, many years ago, was in a restaurant that had a deal where kids paid what they weighed. And I sent this back to everyone, and Don identified the restaurant as... The Ground Round. Children's pay what you weigh deal. I mm. think uh, when I was working there, it was like every Tuesday night or something. Oh, you uh, worked Or literally, there. you'd walk in, the hostess would welcome you, and then weigh your children in front of everyone. <laughs> write <laughs> oh, their child's boy. weight on a sticker and put oh my it God. on their chest. So not just a ranking, but a weight. It was literally a weight number and they wow. paid one penny per pound. Oh. And even for like, oh, you know, for man. a fat child, that's still big savings for the parents. But that fat child's walking around with, uh. you know, 160 on his collar or something right. large, like not little sticker, like big ass, like my name is sticker. So um, I have to I have to say I went to the 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 ground round still exists. And a restaurant that has deep fried Oreos on the menu has <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, assessing people's weight. 
everything well, everything they served was doused with barbecue sauce like everything oh, and well, mayonnaise yeah. and like it was not a health oriented business whatsoever. but it's your yeah, fault this, for being fat yeah, it's, yeah. i don't even <laughs> know have, like that they have a that's dessert what sampler about. where it's all of the desserts <laughs> can, I, can i share a tangential story about working at the ground round that i love oh yes. please do yeah okay so one of the things they do at the ground round is during kids night when you know the pay pay what you weigh uh they have a clown that goes around and quote unquote entertains the tables or terrifies the children however you wanted to think of it <laughs> Both. Um, one day our clown was a no-show right oh no so they decided oh. they're going to ask the hostess on duty who is this very smart clever oh. girl named bethany uh, i oh, remember her Lord very bethany. well uh to be the clown because she had taken some theater classes um and then it, like she was having trouble with the makeup so i'm like eh, i do theater too i'll go back and i'll help you put on the clown makeup so you put white all over the face and then you draw white uh, black circles around the eyes, right? And then you put on the red lipstick and all that stuff. But we're putting it on in this back storage room that's not meant for it, where it's super hot. She's sweating like crazy. Oh, no. Um, and as soon as I'm done, I'm putting away the makeup so I don't see her <laughs> put the backs of her hands on both of her eyebrows oh, and no. wipe up oh. to get rid of the sweat. So oh, she God. stands up, she leaves, she walks out, <laughs> and I'm walking behind her. The door no. opens to the dining room, and I see this table. Small children turn, look at the door, and go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> she turns out, she looks at me. The black circles around the eyes have been streaked up into these demonic eyebrows. They oh went straight up her forehead. That's amazing. I'm and picturing Divine the red, in one of the Pink Flamingos mm. movies or something. And the red makeup around the lips had melted just a little bit. So like a little oh trickle of like blood. <laughs> they did not ask oh us to God. do that again <laughs> i was really hoping you were going to end up the clown that's where i thought this was going. uh but yeah it, i i remember like i was a waiter there and these poor kids would come in and weigh in like let's face it the majority of kids don't give a crap but every heavy kid oh yeah gave a crap um, and like the, the tradition was to leave the stickers on till the end of the meal. Like oh, I was told, I always whispered to the bigger kid, like you can take that off, just stick it on the table. I'll get, I'll get the, I'll get that later. And so, oh, it's just not and a I fun experience. And I love that the sticker and the writing is big enough so you can, you know, the price of the kid from across the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, I, so the thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around here is like, I, I can't imagine. Well, I don't know. Maybe I can. Who knows? The world is full of terrible things, but. This doesn't sound like something designed to shame fat people. No, I think it's just no, a marketing. It, it was an incentive that, for parents. It's like accidentally because it's expensive fat to feed a kid at a lot of these restaurants. Like the if you've got three kids and it's like eight bucks per child's item off the child's menu, it's twenty four bucks as opposed to you know maybe a dollar per kid for what they eat. Right. Right. We filled up. You know, and I got to say that was another thing that sucked as a waiter working at that kind of restaurant. Mm. Parents still are going to tip 15% if you're lucky. Oh, if you're lucky, and yeah. a child is, any waiter will tell you, a child is twice the amount of work as an adult. Because, yeah. uh, you know, screaming, messes, throwing Crayons. stuff, crying. Um, yeah. And so that High means chairs. I'm doing twice the work for a 15 cent tip. Uh, it was awful. It was a terrible idea. I did not mourn the ground round when they went out of business or declared bankruptcy. So now that there's only like six or seven stores across the U.S., something like that. Only the flagship I, stores remained on. Yeah, they, it's like a bunch <laughs> in Jersey and like North Dakota. It's sort of yeah. a weird breakdown. They have uh, scales in like glass cases out front. <laughs> Remember the yeah. good times. Uh, but I, I can't even imagine as, I, as a child. I, w I remember my mom like super casually telling my weight to anyone who would listen <laughs> when I was growing up. And I always like felt so betrayed by mm. that. And like, you know, cause that was a thing that separated me from other people. And she was happily discussing it with everyone else to have to go to what? a restaurant and wear that as a label at that sort of tender age where people's perceptions of you are everything. So you said your mom would just like bring up to anyone who would listen your weight. How, like in what context, like, uh, or I know that didn't need context necessarily, but like what, what was she saying to people and like, how young were you when that happened? Um, I, well, I mean, she, I stopped telling her my weight after the age of like 12 or 13, I think, cause I got tired of her just telling everyone, um, out of context, like all of my family members, extended family members always knew my exact weight. 
It was like she would send a newsletter out or something to everyone we were related to. Um, but with like my friends, I mean, we'd be having dinner or something. And, uh, you know, the subject of like, I don't know, like they'd compliment her food, for example. And like, you know, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm a great cook. Otherwise, he wouldn't be 137.5 pounds <laughs> as of yesterday morning. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, I remember it just coming up in is non sequiturs pretty often. Um, but I think it was, I think it might have been my mom's version of that, like shame people into losing weight thing. Maybe, but um, you know, I, I know that in other cultures and, and your mother is from, uh, she's from Guatemala. Culture. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well in a lot of other cultures and particularly Asia, there's a very different relationship than we have in America or in yes. parts of Europe to fat. And while it's never good, I think one of the differences I've discovered is that in a lot of countries or cultures, fat is terrible, but not taboo. It's like saying someone's weight or as, you know, like, like there's this YouTuber who talks about, you know, he's been in Japan and he's gained some weight and all of his, all of his, his uh, followers in Japan are saying like, oh, you're fat. Oh, you're so fat. Oh, look how much weight you get. Oh, you're so fat. Mm -hmm. And you know, for a Westerner, that's like incredibly like, but in, in a lot of cultures, that's just a factual statement. And it's, it's, it's kind of on the level of talking about, oh, somebody has buck teeth. Somebody has a really long beard and they may not like it, but it's not taboo to mention it. Now, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but um, part of my illustrious acting career back in the day, I was Mongol warrior number one in Charlie's Angels 2. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, number one. That was you. That was me. That was me. <laughs> if you watch carefully, you can see the axe fly past my face as someone's killing someone else. Nice. Um, but uh, I was hired because of my weight. I'm a big Asian looking dude. Um, my mom's, uh, to, for people who are confused, having listened to the show before, I'm adopted. So I do, I, I, I am not Guatemalan myself, but my mom is Guatemalan. I'm half native Hawaiian, so I can pass. But long story short, I got hired because of my weight, big Asian dude, but most of the Asian people they hired to fill this bar scene were Asian immigrants, right? That were very thin. Um, most of them didn't speak a lot of English at that point, but it was very authentic. And being one of the two big, big guys they had cast in those roles, and we were hanging out with all the other Asian dudes, we were points of interest for all mm -hmm. of these guys. And it really wasn't uncommon every day. A couple of them would wander up to me and just put their hand on my stomach or on my chest and give a squeeze and go like, wow, you're so big. You're so big. Mm -hmm. And out of context, that sounds horrible. But I will say in the moment, their attitude, their language and their face as doing that wasn't condemning. It was just like, that's really interesting. Like, I think what, the word you're looking interesting body part of you. you know? I think the word you're looking for is wonder. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's not too far off. Yeah. I did not feel persecuted on that set, although that said, I did feel uncomfortable. So, <laughs> well, and lots of fat people have, especially fat men, have anecdotes about going to Japan, sometimes mm -hmm. China, and they are stopped on the street so that natives can take pictures of this enormous yeah. American with them. Yeah. My ex uh, went to, before we were together, he went to, he told me a story about going to Japan to Disneyland. Um, and it would get stopped as often, as, more often than the char the characters in the park oh, to get pictures taken with him. <laughs> he said he felt like a movie star. He, he and she enjoyed it. Um, it's a but, bad yeah. sign when Minnie Mouse wants to hang out with you because she <laughs> wants to get in more photos that day. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad sign. Well, they've seen Minnie Mouse. They've never seen a 400 pounds, six foot three American. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like you said, it wasn't, uh, I'm sure if it had felt mean spirited, it would have come across that way, but it didn't, it didn't really, it just was sort of amazement. And like, yeah. this is a, such a foreign thing. There is a culture clash that goes on there where like my schema of the way people are treating me when they're pointing out my weight in America does not match what's going on when they do it when they're from yeah. Asia. And mm -hmm. so Yes, it still makes me uncomfortable, but that's something I need to wrap my brain around when I'm going into those situations, especially when I'm going into their country. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like I have to take some ownership of that situation myself. But and it, it should be quickly said that it's not that they think fat is wonderful. I mean, no. there's a Japan is, right. is fiercely anti fat, but yes. it doesn't have. But the reason it, it's not taboo because it's not seen as as disgusting or evil. 
where it often is in Western culture. Mm-hmm. Is it seen as, because I know in, in, certainly in the United States, it is equated one-to-one to moral failing, to yeah. sort of, uh, is that the same and is it like that there? Is that, yeah, is that but part it's, of it? It's a different thing because you have to, you have to kind of get into the Confucian mindset of, you know, you're embarrassing your family. There's a harmo- There's a harmony that's valued in Asia. There mm-hmm. is the idea of, for example, uh, something that is in this YouTuber's comments is you're, you got so fat, you need to control yourself. And there's that idea of self-control yeah. of, of, of okay. needing to, I, I, it, it, it's not about disgust, but it's about duty. It's a, right. it's really about duty. Oh, that's an interesting distinction mm-hmm. as opposed to here where it's your responsibility because vanity really like, well, we don't your responsibility, yeah. well yeah, because yeah. you're, dis- because fat here is disgusting and therefore unspeakable. That's why it's unspeakable because it's that disgusting. Mm-hmm. But in other parts of the world, it's not good, but we can certainly talk about it, even if it is in negative terms, but it's in, it, it doesn't have that same hatred that you see it in, having in Western cultures. The whole, the restaurants thing with, uh, them weighing you to, decide what you should order i feel like does kind of go into the the dutiful thinking because the the cnn article also kind of mentions food shortages among amongst uh amidst covid yeah yeah um a lot of and the the thing i sent out today that i meant to send out earlier but i i linked to the youtube video twice um was about the the metabo law in japan which requires men and women between the ages of 40 and 74 to have their waist circumference measured annually. Um, and they have limits for the waistline. It's uh, 33.5 inches for men and 35.4 inches for women. Um, Jesus. And the it is company's Japan. health the, insurance- The average body size is a little different from America. Well, it, I, what I find amazing about this is, number one, you are not personally penalized. Your company is penalized. Yeah. And if you no longer work for the company, they are still penalized. Or if you are part of some sort of, uh, the point is some organization is penalized on your behalf because again, there's that idea of group and harmony. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really amazing, we've talked to over and over again on the podcast about how ridiculous BMI is. This isn't even BMI. They don't care what your height is. It's only one measurement, your waist. So they're, they're going under the assumption that everybody's the same height, therefore everybody's the same risk, and we just need to measure the waste. And the third ingredient, my favorite, is that of all the countries who are uh, in which obesity is quote-unquote a problem, Japan is the least of them. Japan has one of the lowest <laughs> obesity rates in the world, and they're the one that since 2008 has had this law. Man. Now, like the thing that scares me, I mean, a lot of things about that is just sort of unpleasant, but- the thing that hit me right up front is if a company could be penalized for hiring me because of my waist size, that means I'm not going to get work, mm-hmm. period. Like that's doesn't matter if the company gets penalized because I'm never going to get hired. Yeah. Um, and they said the fines for a large business, the fines could be as much as uh, like 19, 20 million dollars like equivalent for a U.S. company. Well, like it can get for a really substantial. big company, yeah. it, it is, but as far as the discrimination, it's important to see that the law only goes into effect once you're 40. So theoretically, if you were fat and 20, maybe they, they don't have to measure you. But yeah, maybe the company is thinking long-term. They got 10 years to slim you down. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. These companies, they do. They have weight loss incentives. Mm-hmm. Now, there were two studies done that were really interesting. One study was done... Um, longitudinally in 2011 that found that yes, people who did go into the weight reduction company plans did lose weight. However, three years after when the law was introduced, they saw absolutely no change in medical costs. Uh, Mm. I mean, they had no difference. So the law didn't seem to make a difference for public health costs, which was ostensibly why they introduced the measure in the first place. Right. Which goes back to the, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but just that sticky tying in of health and weight and and oversimplification of that whole well i love this this isn't even that this is health equals circumference (laughs) so something i find interesting about this the so they frame the whole the, the weight loss thing as it's not about obesity it's about metabo and they have oh yeah um for metabolic syndrome right uh exercise classes with music uh, and lyrics such as "Goodbye, metabolic." Don't wait till you get sick. No, no, no. And 
again, it, they did this because obesity tested poorly because they didn't want to stigmatize people as fat or obese. Mm. So they changed the name to metabolic syndrome, which has a lot of elements to it, like blood pressure, cholesterol. They took all those away and they only went by not even BMI, but circumference. So they, they reduced metabolic syndrome to just waist measurement. Well, something I read in there I thought was interesting that I, if I understand it correctly, someone correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but metabo didn't just mean metabolic syndrome. It was literally the excess weight you carried. And it was referring to it as a thing outside of you. Mm -hmm. You are not fat. You are carrying fat, right? So it made that thing you're carrying the problem, not you the problem. Well, remember, they're trying to get away from fat entirely, but they're just changing the name. You're right. They mean fat. But what they're saying is metabolic syndrome, and that's why you can have metabolic syndrome, but you aren't a metabo. That's that's the have versus are argument, is that they're fighting metabolic syndrome, but they're fighting metabolic syndrome as if it only had one dimension, your waistline. Right. Interesting. It is a different mindset, if that could stick, I'm not sure what it would mean for us, but oh, it's I'm lying. It's just curious. plain lying. <laughs> what if what if you were like Kim Kardashian shaped where you had a narrow waist, but right below that narrow waist, you had a big old butt. But again, they think their population isn't that and they're not entirely wrong. Japan is an incredibly homogenous population by design. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying like, I'm just curious, like at what point do they admit that this is stupid? Like this is a terrible way to measure like it's it just like it just seems so arbitrary that one way of measuring. Usually, it gets fixed when someone in power gets fat. Yeah, yeah I, I, you just got to get Japan is not about diversity. They're kind of not about that at all. But there's so many different Pokemon, <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of more them and more. Yeah. Uh, do we have a tip? Yes, we do. So going off of um, international uh, metabolic syndrome issues um <laughs> uh so I, I found this because i was um doing some research for nafa about international fat acceptance organizations uh, and i actually found a list um which i mm. thought i would share with all of our listeners um especially because i know that um we have at least one listener in uh sweden and there is mm-hmm. a, a swedish association for overweight people which i a lot of the countries on the list, I wouldn't expect there's a Sweden, German, Germany, France, Australia. Interesting. There is, uh, I'm trying to are find these like uh, equivalent to NAFA in the U S or uh, what's the, it's hard like, what kind to of say, because like the Swedish one is in Swedish, so I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they seem to have similar goals. Um, there is also just a international size acceptance organization. Uh, so I'll share all of these. Check them out. Um, if you are an international listener and you can give us some more information on these, to like maybe these actually aren't fat acceptance organizations. And uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> but still, this list may be handy for our international listeners. Like, yes. Just knowing that an organization like that exists in your area. Or, you know, maybe this will inspire someone out there to start one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah, like the, the French one, Allegro Fortissimo. <laughs> <laughs> so the French group has an Italian name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? So I did bring a bit. Yay. Did you? It's not just kibble this week. Finally. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so when we were discussing pay what you weigh, right? Restaurants are not the only business that have tried this out in the past. Oh. Mm. So what Mm. company attracted international attention in 2013 when they adopted a pay-what-you-weigh system? It was, oh. A, (laughs) Trevor, (laughs) Angel's Flight Zipline Adventures, based in Costa Rica. B, Samoan Air, based in Samoa. C, Mahalo Deep Sea Fishing Tours in the Cook Islands. Or D, Lucky Fang's Pedicabs in Hong Kong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe it is the Samoan airline. Yes. Okay, Samoan we got two Air. for Samoan Air. It's actually Samoan Air, not Samoan Airline. Yes. It's a yes. Different no things. Michael, what's your uh, feeling? I mean, the two of the other people guessing seemed to immediately go to one answer. Oh, just cave into <laughs> so, this peer pressure. I see how it is. 
I, all right, fine. I will go with, no, I want to be right this time. I'll go with Samoan Air. <laughs> Good for you. Samoan Air it is. Yay. Uh, so Samoan Air 2013 abro- uh, adopted this new policy where you basically paid for your weight plus the weight of your baggage. Right. How long did that last? <laughs> um, well, that's going to be one of the questions, isn't it? Um, oh. Oh. So basically what it came down to was like for local flights in uh, in Pacific Islands, it was like 60 cents a pound total uh, for international flights. So it came to around about a dollar a pound on average. Right. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Samoan Air insisted that it was simply a good business sense that motivated their change, not a desire to shame fat people. Towards this end, they implemented an extra large row that had more comfortable seats for larger people. These seats were a 14 inches wider than the usual 16 to 18 inches. B set facing the inner aisle rather than forward, forcing people to stare at other passengers in the face for the duration. <laughs> of the that is very popular. Yeah. C. Uh, they were unable to pass international safety regulations because while the seat belts were made of standard materials, the seats themselves were made of a traditional Samoan fashion out of a wicker-like material. <laughs> or D. Oh, there's a D. Hammocks. <laughs> I thought you just uh-huh. had hats on the floor. Like, <laughs> we're just going to tie you down we're with like put you bungee in, cords. In stowage. We're going to put you in cargo. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to guess wider seats and what, you know, when you said 14 inches, I'm like, holy moly, that's a lot more. But then compared to 16 to 18, yeah, you'd need an extra 14 inches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my reasoning. So I'm going with that one. Yeah, I'm going with wider seats too, because that's the one that makes the most sense to me. I don't know if it's actually right. I love the wicker wicker chair idea. That's the (laughs) I'm also going to go with wider seats just because I imagine they probably just like took out an armrest and like you are correct wicker seats uh wicker seats 14 (laughs) inches 14 (laughs) inches wider than their normal size seats now is an interesting point um when you talked about the uh the sort of the couch situation on some of some flights air new zealand yeah air new zealand uh apparently samoan air was the first one to implement that they did have sort of love seat style seating on some flights Hmm. later on um, it's important to notice that like Samoan Air was actually a small airplane operation. They weren't mm-hmm. doing Airbuses or any of that sort of thing. And they were their main destination was American Samoa, which is one of the fattest places on Earth. So they mm-hmm. were trying to figure out some new things. Um, hmm. One year after it implemented the program, Samoan Air reviewed its its success. Right? <laughs> their CEO, Chris Langton, declared a. It was a big fat success. <laughs> B, it was a failure that weighed on their minds. <laughs> C, they had to chew the fat with the International Flight Council to see if they could legally oh, continue God. it. Oh, God. Or D, none of the above. He attempted to deny that the company ever implemented the strategy. Oh, huh. I like D. It's Max of, it's Max of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm going to say chewing the fat. The they had to, they still had to chew the fat on the international oh, do, flight. Oh, you do not believe that's true. You just want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, gonna, what are you feeling? Are you feeling none of the above? I think D is a strong contender. Yeah, I'm going with D. D and Trevor. I'm going to be different, and I'm going to go for B. Weighing Which one on is that? Mind. The weighing, weighing on their minds. Failure that weighed on their minds. Okay, so we got one for B, one for C, one for D, and the correct answer is. A, I it was it. declared no. a big yeah. fat success. And that's a quote from the news article. Um, so to close things out, what ultimately was the fate of Samoan Air? Ooh. A, after continued growth over the next five years, they were the most profitable local airline operating the Pacific Islands in 2018. B, they mysteriously closed with no explanation in 2015 when their website and Facebook, Facebook pages went blank. C, they were bought out by Hong Kong Airlines in 2019, who are looking into pl- implementing their payment strategies for all domestic travel by 2022. Or D, the owner lost the airlines as part of a rugby bet in 2016, <laughs> and its new owner discontinued the practice. I was really hoping for lost it in a sumo match, but never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go with C, bought out by Bought uh, out by Hong, Hong Kong, Kong Airlines, Airlines. who want to copycat them? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, but the as absurd as it sounds, the idea that it just winked out of existence suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, don't so know. You I think, think that, I like that. You think Samoan Air succumbed to the Thanos snap? I think the, it did. Okay. No, more like the like, Amelia Earhart. Like they just sort of <laughs> flew off into the distance and never came they're in, back. They're in the Samoa Triangle, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor. I'm going to go with they just disappeared because that happened to a cookie manufacturer that I enjoy. Just oh, yes. During, like at the start of the pandemic, they just completely vanished from the internet. Every trace of them. Interesting. Um, Trevor told me he wouldn't let me back in the house until I bought more, and I I stayed a week out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got two for the uh, mysterious Thanos snap disappearance, and we have one for uh, bought out by Hong Kong Airlines, and the correct answer is they mysteriously closed <gasps> with no explanation oh, no. in 2015 when their oh, website and goodness. Facebook pages went blank. What happened? I like when a company. Ghosts. Oh, it was a big. Fa- <laughs> it was a big fat success. Didn't you hear? Exactly. <laughs> I am not sure. I, I spent a couple hours researching it today and I could not find any trace That's except amazing. for one person who claimed that they bought a ticket on a Samoan Air flight in 2018 and that they were informed that the flight was delayed for 48 hours. They <gasps> bought a ticket on another airlines after being assured by Samoan Air that they would have a proof of the cancellation and all that stuff. Oh my God. And then they were never spoken to again by Samoan air who Ooh. never responded. Doesn't this sound oh like a God. ghost story? It like, does. Yeah. I bought a ticket Samoan. from this mysterious <laughs> airline counter at a corner of the terminal. I'd never seen before. Oh, yeah. At the other, when I was talking to the, the check-in clerk at the other airline, they said Samoan air. Why, Samoan Air hasn't been around these parts in nearly 25 years. <laughs> so I have a question. So if... Just um, one. Uh, if, what is the fattest place on Earth? <laughs> uh, American Samoa. Really? Uh, it, is this... Yeah. Ca- as a, I, I actually had to look it up because <laughs> of this. Uh, but Samoa, uh, American Samoa at, the, at that point... They were thinking they had about an 80% obesity. You know, if if it's the fattest place on earth, I expect there to be rides. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, it I depends love this if you article. buy a drink for the right person. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this article, how paradise became the flattest, the fattest place in the yep. world, which is- I read that. It makes- Speaking as a chubby chaser, the fattest place in the world is always paradise for me. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. The the history of American Samoa. Don't say the Big Fat Gay Podcast never taught you something. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should go there and do a special vacation episode in American Samoa. That's going to be you a know. very pricey <laughs> flight. <laughs> <sighs> well, gentle listeners, it's that time again for me to rush through all of this. <laughs> We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Check out all of the resources we mentioned at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, maybe. I never can remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lovely time. Maybe you're listening on the way to your airport to catch a flight uh, on Samoa Air. Ooh. And uh, the, you notice a crunching sound coming from your back seat, <gasps> and you look, oh, no. and it's um, Don. Why not? <laughs> and he says, "Look out!" <laughs> In Michael's voice, yeah. <laughs> I put my thumb on your scale when you bought your airplane ticket. <laughs> <laughs>